Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree Podcast, episode 180. And I'm about to do a 180 right now. (laughs) In what regard? I was not expecting any follow-up questions, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So it is the big 180, and I want to start off with some big updates on Betty's big kid bed, because Shane, the people want to know. Who wants to know? The people. I had two separate dads message me. I'll kill them. Saying that our podcast last week talking about the last, you know, the switch, the transitions made them teary eyed. Okay. Yeah. So people want to know a few other people wanted to ask about how the girls are actually settling into the same room together. I don't like these strange men messaging you online, but. (laughs) Well, you know, one of them. What? That makes it even worse. (laughs) Let me guess. Sean. No. Who? Mike Gallant. What? That's my close friend. I'll kill him. <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, and how good? Me or him? You have to choose. Well, Shane, let's not get into particulars on the air. Uh, all right. <laughs> this is funny. If I made that joke, I'd be in deep trouble. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I want to let these people know that the girls aren't technically falling asleep together in the same room because we tried it and it was lunacy it did not work it made shane and i want to rip our hair out uh they just don't do that it's too much of a party it takes too long so what we're doing is we are separating them they fall asleep in separate bedrooms and then when we're at home lucy just stays in that separate bedroom usually and when we were at the cottage which is where we've been for last week we just simply put her in the bedroom after and then they sleep the night together like that But I don't know how we're ever going to kick. Because right now, guys, Lucy is in our bedroom at home. We are in the guest bedroom. It's very mean girls. You know that scene? No. Regina George, like, took over her parents' bedroom. She has the master. That's what Lucy has right now. So I don't know how we're ever going to get them in the same room. Did you ever share with your sister? Never, no. See, I shared with my brother for a bit when we were little. And we loved it. But I think we were also going to sleep properly. Our kids are just wired differently. Well, how old were you when you were in the room with your brother? Young. Like, I think about their age. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then we we were in our own bedrooms after that. Hmm. You think your brother was like three and you were- I think so. I'll double check with my mom, but I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you have a memory of it, I'm a little suspicious, but I bet you it was like five and four or six and four. Maybe. I'll double check and we'll update I, next I week. I think Betty's just a little too young to understand yeah. that it shouldn't be so exciting. Mm-hmm. She loves having her big sister there. The antics, the... Oh, I'm going to say this word bad. I say mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. Ah, that's the right way to say it. Mischie- People make fun of mischievous. Why like, do I always say mischievous? Well, because like if you look at it... Hold on. We were talking about this last week too. Mischie- mischievous. When you look at how it's spelled... You're adding in extra letters. It's spelled like mischievous or mischievous. So people think I'm an idiot all these years saying mischievous. Probably, but people think I'm an idiot too for saying posthumously instead of posthumously. That happens. Everybody sounds like an idiot at some point. In the grand scheme of things, though, you're not saying posthumous that much in life. Like (laughs) Heath Ledger dies, gets an Oscar. Yes, you're going to be saying it a lot. That's very rare. You know what? I embarrassed myself once really bad in university. It was in my old English class. Mm -hmm. And you know the word couth? Yeah. Okay. So I was saying something was uncouth, but I said uncouth because I had only ever read that word before. Even if that was the way to pronounce it, (laughs) the the inflection on your voice is crazy. Uncouth. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was bad. And it was a small classroom. There were like 20 students. And my professor, who was just so obsessed with old English history. Yeah. And everybody started laughing at me. And then she's like, oh, you sound like, you know... Yvonne Ethelred or something like somebody old school person but everybody laughed at me and I was just like tried to laugh it off and be like oops I meant to say it the other way and I tried to be really cool about it but I was dying inside because I thought of myself as a smart person then I heard other people mispronounce things I do on podcasts in real life all the time very intelligent people how would you say the word I-N-V-E-N-T-O-R-Y Oh, geez, Shane. I always can't do this when I have to think about it for a while. Uh, inventory, 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 inventory. There you go. Inventory. Ridiculous one. That's a ridiculous word. I hate that word. I have to think about it all the time. Do you have to think about anything all the time? Newfoundland? Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Yeah. Yeah, that was a stupid one, the way it's spelled and whatnot. But anyways, folks, they're only half sharing a room. But it is really cute. We got some like princess canopies from Ikea. They got the beds or the princess canopies from Amazon. And it looks adorable. They love being in there. They just don't sleep well together yet. Sleep. It's a hard thing to do. People who have mastered it, I'm very jealous of. Your dad can take a nap every day. I cannot. I was not a child who felt fell asleep easy. I had lots of problems mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I, sleep is a, a, still a mystery to me this to this day. I wonder, do you think there's anything you're doing to make it worse? Because like we go into bed and I can just kind of roll over and fall asleep and it takes you so long still. You know, when you like, have your phone, you got to put the podcast on, like everything has to be like just right. Do you think there's anything that you're doing or could be doing that would help? Mm, I think for me, things that might keep people awake actually help me go to sleep because uh, thoughts can keep me up because mm-hmm. I have such an active uh, mind, like annoyingly active. It doesn't turn off. So uh, the old adage nowadays, of course, is don't look at your phone before yeah. you go to bed. That actually helps me. Uh, distractions help me. A podcast, loud mm-hmm. noises help me, things like that. Um, <clears throat> so I've tried it the other way. I've tried dead silence. I've tried not looking at my phone before bed. Then I got all, all these ADHD forums and a, a big tenet of ADHD is not being able to fall asleep. So they're like, forget everything you know, do this, look at your phone, do this, you know, have a cup of coffee. And things that are, seem like they would not work, work for me. That's interesting. See, the coffee, I can do coffee late at night. Usually like if we're at a wedding or something or out for dinner, I can have a cappuccino after. But not on like a regular night, I don't think. However, I do get the looking at your phone because if I'm, and I can't just look at anything. Like if I'm scrolling Instagram, it does nothing. But if I'm thinking about something, I can't go to sleep thinking about it. I have to answer it and like research it for it to be gone from my head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's nagging at your brain. Yeah. So like we just started, guys, it's the fall-ish almost. It's almost that time. So Shane there, you know, we're getting into the fall movies and TV shows and whatnot. So we're going to rewatch um, Twin Peaks, the three the three seasons, although I've only seen, we've both only seen the first. And then the movie, which is a prequel to it all, Fire Walk With Me. So we started Fire Walk With Me last night. 
And then I'm thinking about, it's like a weird movie, right? And so many things are very obscure. So I started thinking about all these things and it was really nagging at me. I'm like, I'm going to be thinking about this movie all night. So then I got into some Reddit threads, got some juicy info, got deep in the Reddit threads. And it made me so sleepy in that perfect state of sleep where my mind was like satiated, you know? Mm -hmm. But I love doing that. Specifically when it comes to movies and TV shows, I love getting in the Reddit threads. Do you ever yeah, do that? Of course. And uh, I do that in the middle of a movie. I, I'm the person when I watch a movie, I have to say what every actor's from. <laughs> uh, and, and that again, it's another thing I've learned. It's a common ADHD trait because you can't move on with the movie mm-hmm. until you've done that. So it's so many qualities that I thought were unique or annoying about myself are very common within this little community. And that's, you know, I'm mentioning ADHD a lot because I'm currently in the process of being officially diagnosed, which Mm -hmm. to me, it's a foregone conclusion. I know they say don't diagnose yourself, all this going Google stuff, but it's so obvious to me. It's like, you know, determining my race to be white or something like that. I feel like I'm just... (laughs) I, I'm going to just go there and get diagnosed and get the medication. In some ways, I almost want to be told I don't have it. And potentially I have something more solvable. More solvable. Like what do you, like what could be more solvable? Because there's medication available for it. Uh, yeah. The, going down the medication rabbit hole, though, Alex, yeah. is it's not an exact science. And they do not know how to pinpoint it. And there's so many trial and error things Mm -hmm. like you can get Adderall or uh, Ritalin or there's this other one and getting the dosage right and where you fall within the spectrum of it as to answer the question what is easier or better I don't know but I'm hoping that I can just manage my life better I'm I'm getting Mm -hmm. very unmanageable I'm finding as I'm getting older or maybe I'm just becoming more aware of how unmanageable unmanageable my life has been Mm-hmm. As responsibilities stack up with time and uh, having children, and there's more forms when you have children, and there's more forms when you reach my age too, just for general life, and I can't fill out a form, and that's not good to be a grown adult who can't fill out a form. Mm-hmm. No, I'm excited for you um, to be in this process just because it's got to be so not like a relief might not be the right word. But just to know, like, okay, so this is what's going on. This is why I think this way. This is my, why my brain works this way. Like, it's just got to be reassuring in a sense. Yeah. I want to be justified into some mm-hmm. way, too. And, like, because a lot of normal things are unbearable for me to, like, uh, like, my skin can get itchy just walking into a room. Or, mm-hmm. like, if someone had to watch me, um, I don't know, cut. Uh, a tomato. <laughs> yeah. If someone had to watch me cut a tomato, I would be mortified. <laughs> and because this stems from a fear of being critically analyzed. Yes, because we tend to do things, uh, people with ADHD tend to do things in their own unique method, and it's n- never efficient. So it, because, you know, like if I had to clean the kitchen, I would do everything out of order. And I would take a, do a lot of little side missions mm-hmm. and go very slow at my own pace. And the pe- person beside me would think I was insane. <laughs> so they always say, like, if you want your house clean and you live with someone with ADHD, the only way to do it is leave the house. Right. Because then the other person, you can come back 
and that person will not feel embarrassed or impeded by judgment and they will just do it in their own way. Yeah. Okay. Wait, so I have a question. So like you just released a TV show, The Dessert, you acted on that show, you put out this huge creative thing and you were acting every day in front of all our other actors, our crew, everything. So it's like, what's the difference between that and doing something and uh, subjecting yourself, I guess, to like critical analysis? What's the difference between that and like the cutting the tomato thing? Well, uh, that uh, I've worked. I you, when you're ADHD too, you become very codependent on people. So mm -hmm. you need to be validated through other people. Like um, I have this guy I work with John Poplis, and all of the scripts were written through him. Like we worked together as a writing team, but I never really touched the keyboard at all because I need that bouncing back and forth and Zoom meetings and. Um, everyone on the team knowing what we're doing mm -hmm. and then as long as i know me and the team were in this together i don't feel like i can fail because for better or worse we're failing or thriving together uh also if i'm you know let's say i had to do a very um big speech to an audience let's say the size of the super mm -hmm. bowl i would feel very uh less nervous probably than the average person because I would plan that speech right. to the letter and have it so rehearsed and feel fine. Uh, we did a show at the Rivoli where I did a big comedy show because I knew every single line I was going to say and it had been vetted mm -hmm. by all of the people I worked on it with for better or worse, even if it failed, I was comfortable failing. Now, if you put me on, let's say, uh, a panel and I don't know, I haven't thought everything out, what I'm going to right. say, that can be a recipe for disaster because I haven't thought of my little bits or my little uh, clever jokes that I'm acting that are coming out organic that have been very well thought out because you become very good at predicting the future when you have ADHD because yeah. you're very scared to fail. So when we did um, JFL, for instance, I had finite amount of time to plan either a podcast bit or what I was going to say on the panel. I had to pick one or the other. One thing's going to fall to the wayside. One thing's going to thrive a little bit more. I resigned myself to the fact that the panel is going to uh, fall a little bit and the podcast <laughs> is going to thrive a little bit, but the podcast is recorded, is going to entertain yeah. more people. So I, I wanted to do my little bits for that. But yeah, it's... It's a thing where you think uh, I'm going to be socially awkward to do something very public, but I'm not. I'm only I'm, I'll be more socially awkward at an after party for a uh, or more nervous for the after party than I would be to perform on stage. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the the tricky thing. Why you see like Robert De Niro in an interview on Jay Leno and he's terrible and got zero charisma, yet he can play someone who's got a, a ton of oomph or whatever, you know, because he's he, he can plan it out. It's kind of like that. Does he have ADHD? I think he's just a bore in real <laughs> life. But it, really? it's... Really? Yeah, he's yeah. he's like, you know, one of the most boring interviews you could, you'd ever have, I think. See, I don't know. I haven't watched. Like, I can't think of a De Niro interview that I've watched, but I wouldn't picture that. Oh, he's just a quiet, shy guy, which I am also, but out of fear. But anyways, I... I don't know if any of this is usable on the podcast. We yeah, digress too far. 
It's good. It's good. And you never know who's in the same position as you. So I think it is all relatable. And so many of our listeners too have neurodivergent kids. So there's some so way. So many do? No, well, so many. It, it could be maybe they're a teacher. Maybe they're a parent. Maybe they have a neurodivergent spouse, whatever it is. I do think a lot of it is usable. And I think that you never know what somebody's going to glean from something you say. Oh, you know what I, I mean? No, but uh, the thing is, most people are normal. That's what we call it, normal. <laughs> and I would think niche pods go are are more sought after for well, people with neurodivergent children. Honestly, Shane, I think I think it's really good, and I think there's so much to be learned from it. But let's we will move on because uh, there's one thing I wanted to hit, and it's something that you and I have been kind of like quietly making fun of for a bit as we determined whether or not we liked it, but there's weird stuff online and like there's weird stuff that is marketed for kids. One of the things that I think of is that huggly, wuggly, snuggly guy. He's like a big, long-armed, long-legged stuffed animal who looks cute, but then he's got these massive teeth and a massive mouth and he's like a horror movie person. That's a kid's thing. It's a kid's toy. I don't know what it's from. But Lucy mentioned it to me and she was like, oh, I'm terrified of him because a kid in our classroom brought, brought like this stuffed animal to school, but it's everywhere. And one thing that we recently learned about, because Lucy is really into YouTube and it's like reality TV for kids. Like, whereas we might watch The Bachelor or Vanderpump, there's A for Adley for kids, which is essentially family vlogging. They're just always having a great time and putting it out there. And Lucy loves following along. But then one day she clicked off A for Adley and found Rebecca Zamalo or Zamato. And I, di- I didn't mind it at first. It was fine. It was like princesses. She was being a different character. She was high energy and doing all these games. And then one day we're sitting on the couch and we have it playing in front of us. And <laughs> she's talking about doing this challenge. And if she doesn't do it right, she's going to have to face an extreme punishment. And then there was another thing where somebody had to remove, this is all the same episode. Somebody had to remove um, a layer of their clothing or an article of their clothing because they lost. And then today... I was like, hey, I'm going to give this another shot. Uh, She pretended, and this is all scripted, but she pretended to be her cousin's crush and was texting her. And I was like, I know people that were expelled for that in high school. And that is so damaging. Yeah, I don't think shows like this are trying to teach lessons much in the same way, you know, you and I, when we're younger, we're watching... I don't know. Probably when you were younger, you were probably watching <laughs> The Sweet Life with Zach and Cody. No, I was too old for that. Okay, well, whatever version <laughs> of Nickelodeon show you're watching, Miley Cyrus. No, I didn't. I wasn't allowed to watch um, that stuff, but I watched Boy Meets World. Okay, yeah. So, you know, in, in shows like that, often naughty stuff is going on. I know Topanga was like being a little bit like that that show had weird stuff going yeah. on in it too and i think the sweet spot uh for kids that the youtube algorithm has realized or whatever that five-year-olds like to watch what they assume 12-year-olds are watching mm-hmm. so this show is acting like it's a little bit more adult for yeah. like tweens but tweens want to watch what teenagers are watching so a a person who's 12 will watch 90210 and they'll see like these overly (laughs) dramatized teenage lives and they can kind of fantasize what it's going to be like when they're older so this show does that to 
kids and there's like weird flirtatious stuff mm-hmm. and weird extreme punishments and weird strip teases it's and bizarre. yeah it does come off as a little inappropriate but they do walk that line in where it's just okay enough where parents aren't gonna most parents aren't gonna do anything like i i couldn't imagine a really strict parent letting their kids watch this i wouldn't categorize us as really strict parents Mm -mm. no but you know what you can block things from youtube thank god and you know thank god for parent controls on different things because rebecca's getting blocked and i recently i let lucy play roblox sometimes and she really likes it she just does these like uh races like obstacle courses roblox is a video game yeah yeah, it's a video game on my phone um and she really loves it and it's cute and it's fun i play with her whatever but then an account i follow consent parenting amazing account former podcast same with topanga by the way and they were posting all this stuff about like the roblox characters doing it with each other and there's certain variations of the game where you can go and have like sexual conversations. It's bizarre. So how do you do that? Asking for a friend. <laughs> it's like all in the settings. So like in setting it up for Lucy, I automatically blocked those things without even having to think of it. But just a reminder to be like knowing what your kids are watching, knowing what they're playing, because everything is kind of weird. And then it got me thinking to what I was playing or watching. Because, like, the internet was kind of in its infancy, right, when we were growing up. And, like, I remember getting on and playing. I think I've talked about it before. Habbo Hotel, where it's, like, you have these little people and you can make a room. Maybe it's, like, Minecraft-ish. You make a room and you can interact with other people. And I remember my brother and I were sitting there one day and we're like, ew, this person's being weird. And it was somebody being overtly sexual and trying to draw us into, like, sexual conversation with these little cartoon internet people. So we just got the hell out of there and we stopped playing the game, but it was really weird. And then I'm thinking now as an adult, I'm like, how many people were like that and using that game to have those kinds of conversations with each other? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, like I remember there was Nintendo, like Nintendo, mm-hmm. they had a, like a striptease type what? of game. Yeah. There was like, I think it was a card game or something you could play where like, a woman's top kind of comes off. And then, of course, like when I was young, I was playing a, a game called Doom where I'm just oh, like, I, remember I think they had naked women kind of walking around. You could like blow people's heads off and stuff. <laughs> but I knew it was fake and I was just having a lot of fun murdering people. <laughs> it's like Grand Theft Auto. Of course, I wasn't playing that so very bad. young. Though. That When I played mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto, I was more 12. I'm saying when I was young like mm-hmm. i don't know seven i was m- murdering zombies and blowing their heads off at close range and seeing like they had like strippers dancing with their kind of like pixelated boobies out i do not remember pixelated boobies see i remember playing doom because i was in my old house which means i was really young i think that was the first internet game that we really got to play and that was so much fun. Are you checking the year it came out no or i'm just the- gonna look up doom pixelated boobies uh, yeah i gotta see this jog my memory but i definitely had a blast playing doom that was like the coolest thing going for a while and then it came with like neopets my brother and i were really into but that was as tame and safe as they came i think it was just all fun so this is on doom or the nintendo game this is on doom oh wait maybe duke nukem do you remember that game it sounds familiar but i have no pretty much like doom strip club duke nukem yeah (laughs) Is it a card game? No, this is like, uh, it's like Doom. Let me see. 
Whoa. It's okay. I'm going to describe what Shane is showing me. It's a beautiful babe, but she's naked and she's, is she tied up? Think of some vines have her there. Yeah. Some like vines are squishing her together and they're or squishing her boobs uh, just perfectly for the pervs that probably made the game. But that's crazy. Yeah, and there's strippers in this game. It's also not as pixelated as I was imagining. Like, that's pretty clear. Cartoon girl, but still pretty clear. That's crazy. That, see, that is more, that's like That's what realistic. I mean. And that, these are in the days where it's just computer games, not even the internet. Mm-hmm. So you can find boobs and death anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy, but... I wasn't expecting that in Roblox. So yeah, just double check that you have the right settings on. And yeah, I want to end this little section with just follow consent parenting, be aware, and uh, don't play weird games. But Shane, you got anything else for the top? Well, I think we've been talking for quite a while. I think we should just go to the, what is that section called? The mailbag. Mailbag segment. But before we do that, let's let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by Mini Miosh. They're a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. And it's stylish and comfortable. Like so soft, so comfy, and timeless. And you're going to, the quality is so good. You're going to be passing them from kid to kid. We already have. And now the things that even Betty doesn't fit, we're giving our friends with babies. What I liked too was when they were littler, mm-hmm. it always annoyed me when something was like hard to get on and off. Yes. It's very easy to get on and off and the kids want to wear it and it's comfortable for them getting the clothes on and off. So I found it life-savory when they were much younger. No, absolutely. And still is only because these things like Lucy will get a dress and she'll wear it to bed, but then she'll also wear it to a nice dinner with us. They are very practical. And what we love about them is that their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally in Canada using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. Locally in Canada. I like that. (laughs) It's local. Where's the place? Canada. Oh, that is local. They also now have a women's collection. It's called the M and West collection, folks. I live in these clothes. They're simple. They're French terry, ethically and sustainably produced like everything else at Mini Miage. And just they are the cutest looking sweats of all time. You're wearing them right now. I certainly am. And do I not look cute? Alex, I was lying and you're a liar. (laughs) She'll go along with a lie. But they're on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it. And they believe that every little bit counts. You can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. It's available in Canada and the U.S. It is one use per customer. So load up the cart. And again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. But we are also supported by true earth and if you listen to our podcast you know that shane and i have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints trying and succeeding it's true and you know it seems like a daunting task sometimes to introduce sustainability into your life not for me but you can do it by starting at such a small spot like the way we started we chose one single use plastic in our household and decided to replace that so we tried and started with laundry detergent bottles big old jugs they're not even bottles they're jugs and they don't get recycled like you think they do because less than 10% of what's actually thrown to the recycling bin 
is actually recycled. I found out barely anything gets recycled. I used to th- think I was doing a good deed. Turns out I'm doing nothing. Yeah, best use is to just avoid things when you can. So we discovered when we made the switch, True Earth Laundry Detergent. And this detergent comes in pre-measured soluble strips that you simply rip apart. They're and fun to tear. in your washer. They are. Yeah, you tear them and put them in the washer is what you were saying. It's so easy. And the best part is that there's no plastic. Because the packaging is so compact, it's drastically changed the tidiness of our laundry room, and there is not a jug to be seen. No comment. (laughs) Uh, As family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we usually opt for the baby detergent. It's (sighs) fragrance-free. Oh, wait. If it's fragrance-free, why am I smelling? It still smells fresh. It smells clean. Yeah. And gentle on everybody's skin, but it's still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. (laughs) So check out True Earth Detergent at true.earth and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off your order. You're going to love this product. Take our word for it. Again, that is true.earth and thisfamilytree10. And now we are at the mailbag segment. This is where people have submitted questions. Alex has spent an inordinate amount of time (laughs) looking things up online and now answering the questions. All right. So the first question we have. What are your thoughts on the breaking egg on kids' forehead trend? Shane, have you seen this? Yeah, I have. It's where you act like you're going to do a magic trick. Instead of doing the magic trick, uh, when, the, when the jig is up, you smash an egg on the kid's head? No. <laughs> no, I like that. Oh. No, whatever that is, is okay, hilarious. Okay, so it's like parents that are filming themselves, um, making like a cooking video or baking video with their kids. Yeah. So they go, okay, now we're going to crack the egg. And then they take the egg and they just smash it on their kid's forehead and crack the egg on their kid's forehead. And they're doing this to like really young, like one-year-olds and two-year-olds. And then they're filming the reactions. And the first one I saw, I mean, I I knew right away how I felt about it because it was like a one and a half to two-year-old, okay? And the mom takes, I'm assuming the mom, takes the egg, smashes it, and then the egg breaks. And the two-year-old is just, she's shocked like she like kind of just pauses then she looks at the mom and she's kind of scared or like angry she doesn't know how to be she's shell shocked and then she starts laughing because the mom is laughing oh shell shocked it's okay i (laughs) i thought you were just like i'm not saying that's hilarious no i thought you were just confirming what i was saying um but that's a joke and i like it and Sorry, I didn't get it first. Alex, just continue. (laughs) But anyway, so there's all these videos now because it's like a huge thing on TikTok. People are doing it on Instagram. And it's just like kind of sad reaction after sad reaction. I've only seen like two where the kid is immediately laughing or thinking it's funny. And I think, you know, so many things are done lightheartedly. And one interaction can't tell you everything about, like, a parent's relationship with their kid or how a kid is being parented. But I don't like it. I don't think it models what we want to teach. Of course not. No. But, like, but that, on the same token, like, I'll do goofy things with the kids that, not like that, but, you know, things that I don't necessarily want to model. Like, I'll be like, oh, you're a poo-poo head if we're fooling around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. There's a line that you don't cross, I think, as a parent, and you know what it is. And I think hitting the kid with an egg and filming it, that's not fun. Like, I don't know. That's 
Like as an adult, I don't even think I could handle that if you did that. Like it just wouldn't be the type of playfulness that I like. Uh, But I don't know. Every kid's different. You know your own kid. If you think that they're old enough to like Mm -hmm. a prank like that, do it. I would never do it. Yeah. No, it's it's honestly, I just it's kind of sad. Um well, and I, I don't, don't like I, I don't it. like yeah, but like I would never judge a parent for making one foolish mistake like this oh. unless it was like so violent. Like you know when you're a kid, mm-hmm. often they have a day where you like hit the teacher in the face with the pie or something <laughs> and it's never really a pie of course everyone knows it's just whipped cream in a foil pan, like pan. <laughs> but my um friend as a kid broke a teacher's nose doing Jesus. that because he just was too aggressive with it and the teacher obviously wanted to kill him uh, because it was done in the, with the wrong amount of force and the wrong uh, mischievous nature behind <laughs> it so like a- anything could be done properly even things that are stupid like this mm-hmm. prank that I think is stupid could be done in a way that's nice and gentle and appropriate yeah, I think so too. But I think, you know, f- whatever. And I, I'm not saying it from a place of judgment, but I do think it's sad. But it's funny because when you were describing how the pies actually are, just whipped cream in the foil, I was just picturing like there's no buffer. So how do you not break someone's nose? At least if a pie is in the middle, you've got like some soft cushiony apple to break that push. You know what I mean? Yeah, or at least make like a marshmallow pie. It's always, I always bothered me when i they're like who wants a pie in the face and it's just a tinfoil thing with whipped cream make a real pie like i'm not saying it has to be burning hot from the oven and scold the person but let's put some fillings or fun stuff in it to at least give the illusion that it's a pie banana cream pie everybody's happy there you go next question what is your season are you summer people fall people everybody has one i'm i mean at risk of sounding basic, I don't care. I'm a fall person. It is the best time of year weather-wise. You get those sunny, crisp days when you wake up in the morning, the sun's out earlier, and you just feel good. Just light jacket, be about your way. It's nice. And it lasts, it's so fleeting. Like it lasts for such a short time. And in that short time, you have so much good stuff. You have all the apple orchard stuff. You have Halloween. You have Thanksgiving. You have the leaves falling. There's just so much in such a tiny period. And it's so exciting. Yeah. Fall is for adults. Summer's for children. Because children, adults kind of, not adults. I think you think initially that summer's the best thing that you're supposed to love because that's when you have the two months off. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you hit a certain age where you're like, fall's probably the best. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, most adults are going to say fall. Most younger people are going to say summer. Spring is kind of like. It's just squishy. Yeah. Everything's just melty. That's my problem with spring. I think it gets romanticized, but it's just like, but I do like winter as well. What's your least favorite? Um, Probably winter. Yeah. See, I don't, the summer I love because we're all off, but like the kids are off and whatnot. Too dang hot. Next question. What are your thoughts on this article? And then they sent me a link to the article. So the article's title, dying woman asks husband to quote, sleep with her ex, unquote. And then the first couple sentences I wrote down just to give us a little context. So this is the husband talking. He says, 
She gave a whole monologue about how sex sometimes is just physical and how emotionally fulfilling sex is with me, but it's better with this guy. So now I'm left with this. Deny my dying wife a wish for my own ego or let her go F another man who she feels was better. Honestly, I'm so pissed off and betrayed that she asked me of this. And it's a whole article. And then I'm it's- still lost about what's going on. So this person wanted to know our thoughts on this article. It's like a weird news bit. I know that. I'm lost about what's going on in the bit. Okay. So this guy's wife is dying and she's asking him for her dying wish. Can she go and sleep with her oh, ex? Oh, can she go? Yeah. because I she, thought it was she wanted him to go. No. So she told her husband that uh, sex was better with her ex more emotionally fulfilling with her current husband but better with her ex so as her dying wish she wants to have good sex again yeah so what do you do in that position i would let her do it yeah i'm not letting her die with my moves (laughs) my terrible moves in the bedroom no you have to let her do it because would you even even if she suggested this and she wasn't gonna die wouldn't you want her to do it i don't know well, the thing is, if somebody's suggesting that at all, I think it kind of upheaves your whole idea of what you thought you had, probably, right? So I think it just kind of creates a new playing field because you're like, oh, this isn't necessarily what I'd be asking for. So maybe our relationship isn't what we thought. Like if somebody has the gall to say, hey, I actually liked sleeping with my ex better. Do you mind if I, you know, before I croak? So I would say... Probably like, no, but if you want to, then they can take care of you as you die and I will go about my merry way. Um, Because the husband's going to be able to get with a lot of strange women after she's gone. That's so true. Does even the playing field. That's true. I never thought of it that way. Interesting. But yeah, I don't know. My first instinct was to be like, F no, but that is interesting. If I thought about that, I'd get jealous enough to probably... Say yes. You know what I mean? Uh, Next question. What is the nerdiest thing about you? About me? Mm -hmm. Both of us. Probably the, uh, you know, like I bought a Game Boy today and I played Game Boy games on the train and I was, I'm very into video games. What games did you buy with it? Because you did send me to get Gargoyles Quest. Yeah, Gargoyles Quest. I don't think that sounds like an unnerdy <laughs> game to obsess over. Like I played Tetris on the train the whole way home. Nice. Today. Classic. I was supposed to be reading a book for a book club, but instead I procrastinated and played my new video game. <laughs> I like playing NBA Jam, like I like nostalgic games from when I was young. I I like pl- playing that. I'm Yeah, I would think I'm very nerdy about that stuff movies can be nerdy about yeah anything i guess that i'm overly obsessive with would be video games movies um comedy stuff mm-hmm. yeah i'm nerdy about like i think you should leave yeah it's uh, like when you like we, something like yeah. an entertainment thing i'm the same way what, and I, what's your thing well I, I kind of brought it up already like even going on the reddit threads so upon seeing dune for the first time with you the david lynch one I was really in the threads. And when the new Dune came out with Timothy Chalamet, I got really into them. And I essentially read through the whole series of books. So I know everything that happens in Dune. And like Lord of the Rings, I was the same. Harry Potter, I was the same. And like Game of Thrones, all that nerdy fantasy stuff. 
Yeah, like even The Witcher. Very nerdy. Yeah, The Witcher. You like history too a lot. Love it. So yeah, anything that's in that realm, like a historical fantasy thing, it's so goofy. And like I hate that I'm that way. What do you think's nerdier, fantasy or sci-fi? Sci-fi has at least got a coolness factor to it. Yeah. It's like sleek and kind of sexy. Fantasy is just like goofy. Yeah, because sci-fi has the word science in it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this could happen. Fantasy, it's like you're such a loser. You won't even like you don't even want plausibility to enter in it. Well, you know what's brutal right now? My algorithm is so embarrassing. My algorithm on Facebook and on Instagram is just showing me sponsored posts or posts I might like and they're all Lord of the Ringsy. And I don't even know how that happened, but everything is Lord of the Rings. I think I think like two months ago, I clicked on one video and watched it 10 times. Have you seen Lord of the Rings movies? No. Okay, so there's one part where they're like, hey, what, what are potato? What are taters? And they're like, oh, taters. You can boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And he's describing how you eat potatoes. No wonder these movies are so popular. <laughs> it's like Lord of the Rings party. And there's a dude dressed up like Gandalf and he's got a staff and he's hunched over. And then there's a bunch of other people, adults, dressed up like hobbits and things like that. And they're standing around Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And they're playing stupid instruments like lutes. Yeah. And uh, they are made that line into a song. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got potatoes and you don't know what to do. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. And then they just say that for like five minutes straight. And I watched it and had a great time watching it. So I watched it a couple more times. <coughs> and ever since then, it's been um, only Lord of the Rings memes on my thing that keeps coming up. And I'm always nervous that somebody's going to see. So you're a nerd for that. Yes. Question answered. <laughs> and we have one final question, Shane. Yes. What is your favorite thing about having kids and a family? Well, I think the obvious one is you get to relive. You have an excuse to relive stuff that you liked when you were a kid mm-hmm. and really appreciate it because you kind of know, oh, this is my last time around to mm-hmm. go to Disney World again, play Legos again, watch Ninja Turtles again, play the video games you played when you were young again yeah. and have a legit good excuse and to watch somebody do something for the first time is fun. Yeah. And kids are just so cute. There's nothing <laughs> cuter than a kid. Like that whole, you know, I think there's that big Jordan Peterson quote thing that went viral of him talking about how like zero to four is the best age. Mm-hmm. It's such a magical time. Now, I would say zero to five. Uh, but yeah, those are really like the cutest little years. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something... It's if you don't have children, it's hard to describe. And if you have them, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, mine mine was similar. So it's like not necessarily. I love experiencing things again, like reliving that. But I love being able to introduce all these awesome things to a human who's never experienced them before and like create this very cool life for them. And it's, it's so fun. And then I love the love. I love the joy that they bring to everything because of that. Um, and it's just so fun. Like today, I I was going back on our summer and all the things that we did this summer, the big things like trips, the little things like hanging out at home. And I was just getting so nostalgic for it and thinking about how nice it's been. 
amidst because yeah. we've had it's been chaotic too like we've been exhausted lots of crazy stuff has happened but it's like looking back on the summer i until this second forgot about the week that week and a half that i was like really sick and bedridden you were really sick at a point lucy was really sick at a point there was lots of chaos lots of busyness but that all it just like melts away and you just are left with like the fun stuff you know when you did you ever do this as a kid you go to like adventure village or something and then they have um like a little river and you get a tray and you get to put the sand in the tray and sieve it out and then get the gold like all the sand falls through and you're left with little gold pieces never Mm, that's what parenthood is like you get all the crap up there but then all that stuff eventually falls away and you're just left with those little gold nuggets that you look back on and you get to feel like an important person Oh, my God. Big time. Because to your kids, you're such an important person. I love it when they just, they their little hands grab your hand and you just feel their tiny little hands and their tiny little grubby mm-hmm. fingers all over your hand. It's just so cute and they're holding on to you with so much love. Yeah, and just daddy sounds so good. <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah, like it'd be, life would almost be too easy if I didn't have kids. <laughs> All of all of the exhausting parts are essentially because of that, yes. Yeah, like, you know, people are sitting around wondering about the meaning of life. Yeah. I don't think those people are parents. Because they wouldn't have that time to sit around. No, you don't have the time to ponder. No, you have zero pondering time. Yeah, it's just like, how, the f- how am I going to do this shit? Oh, fuck this. The- oh, like, when will it end? And then when it you do have a boring moment, you look you end up looking at pictures of your kids and yeah. thinking how great that weird stressful time was. Yeah, no, I love it, and it is uh, it's crazy and it is the best. But Shane, that's all we got for the mailbag segment, and that's all we got for episode one hundred and eighty. Nice, I did a one eighty in this episode. <laughs> did you know that? In what way? I wasn't expecting any follow up questions. <laughs> Oh, our witty banter. (laughs) If you can go and give us a five-star rating or a comment, we so would love to hear from you. But other than that, folks, thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast, Podcast, episode 180.